It is my absolute pleasure to award the 2022 Common Medal to Charlie Cano from the Carnival Book. P. Cripps. Three votes. And I declare the winner of the 2022 Brownlow Medal, Patrick Cripps of the Carnival Football Club. Welcome to the Blue Pod. I'm your host, Tess Hampton, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Duffy. Maddie, we played the dogs, but the dog days are not over. <laughs> I like these puns the you figured. Thank you. I, I have a quick think before we tune in. <laughs> You're all welcome. <laughs> um, well, how are you feeling after that? Uh, I don't know what else to call it. Uh, I'm glad we waited a little while before recording. I went to the game with a doggies mate and, gee, I don't think anyone enjoyed that game. Like he thought they were terrible. We thought we were terrible. No one really went away feeling good about the game. Um, Your mate was actually texting me, giving me shit. I couldn't go to the game for (laughs) other reasons. Uh, And he was giving me heat and then at halftime I was like, well, your text of age, fine, it's looking good. And he did reply and say, I'm not even enjoying this. It's rubbish. It was. It was pretty pretty average. Very, very depressing. Um, we've been all over the media the last couple of weeks. I don't think we did anything to get them off our backs. Um, we'll go through it, but I guess the benefit of waiting to record is that we've had Crips come out today, a few more articles, a bit more we can discuss off the back of that disheartening performance. But um, we won't dive in just without any structure. That's not how we do it here. <laughs> <laughs> We do a four-quarter performance if this is your first time tuning in. We will not do what Carlton did. You don't need to wait till halfway. We are here turning up from the (laughs) get-go. We start with uh, in the first quarter giving our reactions to the game more broadly. In the second quarter, we dissect the players and give our BNF votes. In the third quarter, we look at things from the coach's box perspective. Spoiler alert, the coach and I have caught up this week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and in the fourth quarter, we open the mailbag. So let's get into it. All right. Carlton, 8 11 59, were defeated by the Western Bulldogs, 11 13 79. Goals, three to Owies, two to Charlie Kerno, Durden Hewitt, and Walsh, one apiece. The disposal getters, Walsh led the way on 29, Kennedy then on 27, Cripps and Doherty on 26. Newman and Saad on 23 apiece, followed by Chero and Hewitt on 20. Maddie, the story of the day, really, we kicked a goal in a half a footy. We went into the 50 29 times in the first half for four behinds and a goal. Not exactly the astounding response we were hoping for after the last few weeks, was it? No, not even close. Just a, another game where we had multiple quarters where we just couldn't score. It's becoming a... A uh, bit of a bit of a habit, isn't it? We saw it all in that game, didn't we? Had the two, the first half, we couldn't score. We had the great patch, and then we even managed to then, you know, sort of choke it and throw it away at the end. So, a uh, bit of bit yeah. of bit of everything from Carlton in that one. It was. I think the story of the night was delivered early in the putrid first half when <laughs> Harry McKay, um, who else was it? Sam Walsh, Cripps, um, Motlop. Yeah, I think it was. Um, all missed really gettable shots. So we've got a Coleman medalist, our captain, our vice captain, and our dangerous small forward missing really gettable shots, taking the wind out of our sails, and not just missing them. Like barely – I don't know if Cripps or Harry registered a score with their shots, did they? I don't think so. I'd have to double check. But, yeah, not many, some of those snaps that came off the wrong side of the ball uh, weren't even close. It was atrocious. It was so depressing. And the thing is that we 
had 11 more inside 50s in the first half, yet we were scored one goal in a half of footy. Like I wasn't at the ground, as, as we mentioned, but I can only imagine how deflating that would have felt. What was the energy like, Maddie? Oh, it was uh, really flat. Actually, I didn't realize how flat it was until we actually started scoring in the third and you actually heard the crowd come to life. And you're like, oh, that's right. There is a lot of people here watching. Uh, it was... yeah. But it was such a – it was hard because no one was – there was there was just a – the whole stadium, even the doggy supporters, they only kicked four goals and a half. There wasn't much going on for half the game. It was such a, a tedious and boring game to watch and there was just no excitement and uh, really uninspiring football from everyone. It was – and you thought, surely this can't continue. Thank God in the second half we managed to get going uh, for a little bit there. Finally. Uh, but, yeah, the – Sort of same things we always talk about. The the dogs pretty much, um, you know, parked the bus. They just sort of rolled numbers back in front of our forwards and um, managed to nullify Crips and and uh, and then just tried to to, to counter. And um, luckily, we were able to hold them off for a, for a fair while there. It could have been probably a, a bigger lead, perhaps. But uh, yeah, one team playing sort of defensive counter attacking, and our team playing this slow methodical style that just wasn't working at all it was a made for a terrible terrible uh terrible game of football i saw someone tweeted like we were concerned about getting ross Lyon back in the day because it would be boring to watch carlton games and then look at what we're watching now and i know that i don't that can't be the plan but i wrote in my notes like why are we so slow like it is just <laughs> slow motion boring predictable everything you said last week generic uh textbook in a bad way like football yeah. what i found most concerning about the the first half was i think it was luke power came out in an interview on tv at half time and then voss said in his presser he said they went to the rooms at half time and uh they were happy they were like they looked oh. oh just a few little tweaks and you know and look in in some ways you can sort of see where they're coming from like you said we sort of had the um more inside 50s and probably numbers wise it was it was fine and if we converted a few of those easy chances we may have even been in front but what I don't like about that is that indicates that they're happy with the style of football we're playing for a whole half and I yes. don't think that's regardless of whether that worked or not that's not something I want to see for us you know I, I don't enjoy going and watching that sort of football. No, I said that to uh, my husband we were watching and I said, even if we were winning this game, I'd be unhappy. Like the way that, which obviously I would have been happier yeah. quite clearly, but the way we're playing, it's going to scare nobody if we make finals. Nobody's coming up against this. It's unexciting to watch as a supporter. After the media beat up and Luke Sayers before the game, you know, came out on Twitter, bring your passion, this baggers, this week, showing you're all passionate. You know, we had Bruce Matheson giving us a swipe in the Herald Sun. You know, we're thinking, all right, we're coming back. We're fired up, attacking, determined, aggressive football. Nope. We're going to chip, chip, chip it around, think about it, look nervous, kick it up in the air from front of goal. It just looked like a totally confidence-lacking performance to me. And even if we'd somehow got on top by playing that way, as you say, for the coaches to be satisfied with how that looked is quite concerning. It is. I think it all stems from the – I don't know how. I felt like it was a long time in the media. There was that uh, same old line that was getting trotted. Any time a team scored four goals or something in a row against us, that would, no mm. matter what the result of the game was, it was, oh, another run on against Carlton. And, you know, you always know against Carlton we're going to – you know, you're always a chance because, you know, you'll be able to get a run of goals against them. And yeah, uh, it's like they've tried to – 
stop that. So obviously, so you know, they've had a bit of a chat. It's not good enough. You know, we need more consistent. And they're going, yep, no problems. We can deliver that. And so they, you know, have come out with this game plan, which is this methodical style, which is built on stifling teams' ability to score, but it's ruined our ability. And and it just it makes yeah. such a, a boring game. I'd much rather have that second half where. The margin was probably greater in the end because they kicked what the last four goals of the game. Uh, yeah, which to, is to get so away, crazy but, that we could have been up by a point with like six or seven minutes to go, then lose by twenty-one points. Yeah, well, I'd rather lose the second half by whatever it worked out to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not even sure if we did lose enough, but say we lost second half by twenty points and we only lost the first half by ten. I'd much rather have that second half, or at least where, yeah, you know, there's some hope. You know, there's a way we can score and it gives you a, a chance and. Uh, and as a supporter, it's just more interesting to watch rather than this really uh, dour and boring and slow ball movement that just results in, in nothing, just a, a draw. It's just mm. sort of everyone sort of nullifies each other. It's not the most... We've watched so many games like that where it's just boring, haven't we? It, just... it is. Yeah. Uh, look, there's been a couple instances this season where we've managed to, to score. We show we've got it. So the West Coast game, obviously, we have patches there's been games against uh, Geelong and that little yeah. sort of half an hour stretch of the dogs and you get signs that show like we can go uh but obviously for whatever reason they just don't want to do that they maybe you know f- makes us too vulnerable obviously is the opinion of the coaches and uh it's a pity do you think there was a change of strategy at halftime or do you just think we started to get a few shots and the confidence built I mean Fox footy was saying on the um coverage that Credit to Voss, he's, you know, swapped to the forward structure and, you know, they're going for a more of a handball or something yeah. to that effect. But to me, I don't know if, I don't know, maybe he did, but it seemed to me just a bit of momentum and maybe a bit of energy from the crowd made a difference. It is hard at the ground because you miss a lot of the, the detail. But I remember when they came out after halftime and I wasn't listening to any commentary and it was interesting to hear other people talk about, oh, they pushed the big guys up the ground. So the way they set up, uh, in the forward 50, normally you have one of the bigs in the goal square, the other one sort of just in front, and then the other four forwards are spread out further ahead, closer to the centre square. And when they came out after half time, they had Harry and Charlie up at the edge of the 50. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and all the smalls behind them. So they also did try to change up the structure. Um, to me, that sort yeah. of signaled maybe perhaps that whatever the dogs were doing to prevent Harry and Charlie from scoring was working. So it was probably... Uh, a change of tactics meant we'd sort of lost the battle, I guess, in the first half. It was sort of an admission that what we were doing wasn't working. But I'm happy for him to change something and try to get them involved in the game. That's kind of what we've been crying out for. It has been. And I think there was a bit more of a, a willingness to uh, a little bit more run and gun on offense, I think. It's, it sort of helped a few times and it paid off and sometimes it didn't, but uh, there were times where it did. Yeah. Well, before we move on, have you seen Cripps' presser today? Just I just saw highlights of it. It looked like he rolled out the same sort of stuff that everyone else has been saying from what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I thought he actually handled it quite well. And he's, it's amazing how far Crips has come in the media. He speaks oh, long so way. much better than like, it's unbelievable. It's the same person. The amount of media training that that guy's got, yeah. <laughs> he's doing very well um, because he prevented, presented, sorry, quite a strong um, stance. And he, he said all the right things. He said, he's still bullish that things will turn they're aware of the outside noise. They have to acknowledge it, but it's a you know the pros and cons that come with being in a big club, and they still want to have a say in finals. That change of tact, and he rejected the suggestion that we were in a rut, um, and said there's fire in the belly for the Collingwood game. So he did say all the right things, where but then there was a bit of you know, but we can't look too far ahead. We've got to take a week by week, and I don't know. I think it's good they wheeled out the captain instead of Chera after the disaster mm. of last week. Yeah, I think Cripps performed well, but. 
two phrases that I'm sort of sick of hearing, not for any particular reason, it's just they, they hear them so often, is go to work. That's sort of everyone's yeah, using that. So oh, we, you know, we're just going to go to work on that and parts of a game we've got to work on and go to work. I bet, can I guess what the second one is? Yeah. We've just got to get better, get busy getting better. No, I wasn't I wasn't going to go for that. I was going to go for... Okay, because that one's driving me nuts. When they say they have to acknowledge something is the other one that annoys me. So when Chris uh, can yeah. say, we are, we have to acknowledge the outside noise. It's clearly like a... A trained line. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a come from somewhere like and you hear all the other coaches oh yeah we have to acknowledge that and it, it's just just sort of the i hate it when they use these terms and it's just you know clearly yeah. from from a playbook like it's not not genuine enough for me but you're right he did present very well but yeah just those couple of things just irk me totally and to finish off on our reactions you mentioned Voss's press conference and i wanted to come back to that because We've taken a few days, but I think there'll be, if you're listening to this, by the way, you're a diehard Carlton supporter, well done. I wouldn't blame you for wanting to block out Carlton Media at the moment. <laughs> it's not an exciting time, so thank you for being here. But Voss in the press conference, and Buckley, as you said, likes to have a swipe at us, but has come out in the media and said Voss was a competitor as a player. He had that edge. He needs to show it more to the fans in his press conferences because I must admit I've watched the presses almost more closely after a loss, just wanting some explanation, some fire, and to hear him basically say, happy with it, except for the last six minutes, I was like, you're kidding me. You're happy with that. This is not the exciting brand of football that's going to get us, you know, to not just be competing with the best but be the best or whatever that little quote is we hmm. rely on. And you've got to have tools as a coach. And so you don't want to you – know, anything you overuse uh, ends up not being as effective. But the old – I don't know, was it the broomstick or whatever method? I don't know, you know, the old sort of give them a give everyone a bit of a rap. That's a genuine tool in the yeah. the coaches. And you you know, it, well within his right, we've been down, we've lost for the last five. I think you go back from mid last year with something like eight wins and twelve losses or something. And he's never Yeah, ever, we've won eight of the last twenty one since we had that there you hot go. streak. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, there's surely been opportunities for him to come out and just you know, put everyone on blast. Just, you know, let's get everyone back on notice. And he probably does behind closed doors, but it wouldn't hurt for us, the fans, to to see that at least once. Exactly. When you've had a horrible week, everyone in the media is beating up on you. You say our actions will speak and then you come out and you kick one goal on half a footy. I feel like we've almost skimmed over that and we're almost being too calm about it. I think I almost should be having a Tessa's tantrum over it. Like <laughs> that half of football was atrocious. Like it needs to be said. We are pretty flat and you and I were pretty flat in our discussions. Um, it was it was really, really disappointing in a year that we're expecting more to be sitting through halves of footy like that. It's great that we made the comeback, but then we faltered again and gave it up. And I guess my overall reaction to this game, I'm pretty disappointed. I thought we'd beat the dogs. I actually did. And to have that performance was – I actually, the opposite of love, <laughs> Maddie, is not hate. <laughs> it's indifference. And there were moments in that game where I was like, I just don't even care anymore. I don't know. This club is is emotionally exhausting me. I, I can't even get angry. I'm so beyond it. You know what I mean? No, I, I do. The, the expectations have shifted where we are as a team and it's in a lot of ways what, what we're dishing up now is a lot more disappointing than I know the constant losses in the green shoes in the Bolton era was uh, not the greatest time. But no, uh, it wasn't. when you know you've finally assembled a decent list and this is the payoff of all those years of, of pain, it's it's not it's just not uh, it's hard to tolerate what what's being uh, dished up. It really is. All right. Well, I think that's enough for the first quarter. Shall we dive into the second quarter and talk about the players? 
All right, we'll start the second quarter as we always do. We nominate our boy and our whipping boy. Our boy is someone whose game we liked. They might not make our BNF votes, but we're getting behind them. Our whipping boy is someone that we're giving some constructive criticism to, and it's pretty self-explanatory. We need them to lift. Maddie, mm-hmm. who is your boy this week? I actually had trouble because all the guys that I didn't mind their game, I sort of squeezed into my vote. So it was trouble to to find totally. someone else on the list. And I ended up going with Sauce, who I thought sort of toiled yeah, away on a, yeah. on a tough night. Um, yep. He didn't really get much. I think that's a fair call. Reward for his effort, but uh, nice to see him. You know, you know, we're gonna gonna get from Sauce. You're gonna get, uh, you know, hundred percent every week, and he's gonna do what's asked of him. And uh, yeah, so he almost got it by default this week, but uh, yeah, he was yeah. my boy. Well, there's this photo doing the rounds of the players walking off the ground, and Sauce. He sometimes wears he like his emotions heavily on his face. He looks like he's crying as they're walking off. And to be honest. Didn't mind it. The other players kind of like, you know, joking on the siren with Jonesy or whatever. So to see the emotion on Sauce's face and we're all feeling it. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I likewise had the same problem as you, so I've cheated and I've <laughs> named someone who did get one vote. Okay. Um, as my boy. And I've gone for Cottrell. Yeah. What a return. Yeah. Really like his return. I feel like, uh, and we'll get into it in our votes, um, him and Owies, it's amazing what those kind of, not superstar players, but those players that, um, I don't know, I thought the two of them, they came in and they brought a lot of spark to the team and uh, both of them actually made a really big difference. I thought Cottrell had a great game and we'll get to Owies and he was fantastic as well. So, yeah, really liked what I saw from Cottrell and I, I think we've missed him and I enjoyed him on that wing. That's what I'm talking about! Try to fire up the podcast a bit. <laughs> yeah, true. We need to bring the energy as well. I feel like we're <laughs> it's so a struggle. Far. It's a struggle. Uh, get more of those sound effects in. <laughs> he's been in the system for a while and he's always had his running power, but I think he's really starting to probably hit his uh, his potential, which is never going to be superstar, but, um, yeah, really nice to see him come well, to the team as- and, and look effective. You're as good as your bottom six players. I don't think cultural is necessarily bottom six for us at the moment, but players like that playing well, you know, makes a big difference. It does. Um, your whipping boy, Maddie, probably easier, dare I say. Yeah, got a couple. Um, Same. <laughs> I'm going to flip it onto, onto waiters. Yep, he was an option on my list. Let's yep. hear it. Uh, just devoid of all confidence playing Probably the worst footy he's played since he was uh, dropped back to the twos for a few weeks and trialled as a forward. He's struggling to mark the ball. His disposal is uh, just absolutely horrible. He went at uh, 45% disposal efficiency or something like that on the weekend. Um, He had five clangers. As a backman, when you're not normally under a heap of pressure, there's not too many excuses for that. And, and when our team is struggling with getting burnt on score on turnover, you don't need your co-captain just being like so almost it looks lazy or careless with the ball. Yeah, and he's look, he's never been a, a super athlete, but his big uh, strengths has been his ability to read the game, which I'm sure he still can do, but also he was just so dependable. He was always yeah. good at lock, being able to lock down an opponent and even and by foot he was a good, reliable kick by foot. And he just looks like a, a shell of the man that was running around for us last year a bit at the moment. He's yeah, really in struggle town. Totally. I wonder if this personal situation is taking a toll or something. I just don't know what's gotten into him. Taking he is a, a shadow of his former bad self. Bad at his confidence. Oh, look, every player I think has their struggles at times. No one ever, no one is ever always up. And uh, maybe as a defender you get a bit more exposed than other positions on the ground when you're not playing well. 
it's you can't drop him though. So it's he's just gonna have to he's just gonna have to fight his way so through. Say, it. He's he's still one of our most important players, so that's why it hurts. Um, I had this person as an option on my list, but I, I'll I'll say them, but I've got someone else. Um, but on a similar note, McKay is down for me, not because he actually, again, did some other good things, but this is the problem. He's not droppable because he's actually an essential part of our team and he does a lot of nice things around the ground. But his goal kicking and his yips have caught, they are contagious and the team <laughs> has caught them. Yep. And the they are confidence sapping, they are deflating. The team works so hard, as we've said, too hard to get our opportunities to then have did the ball in Harry's hand and him squandering it constantly, not registering a score, is just so deflating. And I think it's it's really affecting the confidence of our team. And you know, confidence breeds confidence. And getting the you know, if he if he could just start off and kick some goals and get us going, but it's just really costly his goal kicking. And I know it's a, you know beating a the same old drum that everyone is, but God, it's killing me to watch. A forward, one of your key skills is your ability to kick goals, especially under pressure. And when you have one of your key forwards or anyone, if it, you see it a lot with teams, as soon as you have a run of misses, the pressure just builds on the team to, yeah, to convert. It exactly. makes hard shots even, uh, sorry, easy shots uh, more difficult. And I think everyone knows that we have kicking troubles up forward in general. So now I think the pressure yeah. is just on everyone to, to kick goals. It's, yeah, you're right. It is contagious and it, it is a problem. And uh, mm-hmm. When you have big forwards, Coleman medalists are on on good money, and they're meant to be able to absorb that pressure, and that's meant to be one of their skills. And uh, he can't you're do right. it. it. Exactly, and you're right. Being able to absorb that pressure is part of the skill set. It's your job to finish the team's work. And when you do the opposite, then you do get the motlops and and Walsh and Cripps missing. You know that shots were Walsh's was possibly a bit more difficult. I don't know, but it does. I feel like if Harry could just slot a couple to as you say, take the pressure off a bit when other people have their shots on goal. It would just make a world of difference. But he's not my weapon boy. I want to double down on who you picked last week, Blake Akers. Yeah, he, actually he was the boy. other one I was considering, but I thought you might like to have a dig. Go for it. Uh, let me tell you what a night he had. 13%. He went at 13% by foot, I believe. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong. His first eight kicks were all clangers. That is absurd. One score involvement and two tackles. And all these lofty, you know, I don't know what rating we've got on this podcast, so I'll say rubbish kicks. He was just <laughs> kicking straight up in the air. It was infuriating. And I'm a Blake Akers fan. I think he's been really important for us, but he had a shocker, an absolute shocker off the back of a bad couple of weeks. Yeah. He's, he's been on the verge of – he's hasn't quite been at his top form and uh, maybe this one was uh, always coming where he just sort of – Dropped yeah. his bundle, but yeah, it was uh, it was not good, was it? It was a, a very average uh, performance. It was extremely average. Um, but again, do you like you don't drop him off the back of it? But at some point, like you know, you got your key forward cannot kick a goal. You've got your wingman that's meant to have you know nice link up disposal on the wing going at thirteen percent. These things just – how are you meant to win games of footy? Like yeah. it's very costly. Only the 17 touches, eight kicks, as he had a heap of clangers. He's probably fortunate that he's played a couple good games. He's the big new name recruit and he's relatively senior, which probably saves his grace. Uh, otherwise, I think yeah. if he had a different – uh, initials, perhaps a, a LOB, a Lucky O'Brien yeah, uh, yeah. or someone. If you, if you pr- 
brought a game on um, like that to to the to the weekend. You, I don't think you'd be back there the next weekend. Hundred percent. You're right. He's probably banking on that big recruit status. Um, let's talk through the rest of the ground. Um, let's start in the middle. Uh, interesting. I don't feel like Cripps had a great night, to be honest. Again, it, no, it was okay, but nothing special. Uh, not influential in the first half, really, at all. Um, I sort of made the comment to my mate who I was there with when he touched it at some point. It was probably the second or third quarter. I'm like, oh, he is out there. Uh, even though yeah, he ended up with exactly. 26 touches, he only went at 42% disposal efficiency. Um, didn't really didn't lay a single tackle. I think it's the first time in his career he's never laid a tackle. Uh, yeah, it was just didn't score that goal. Yeah, missed his opportunities really in front it. of goal. Um, yeah, he did not have a have a good game. No, he didn't, um, and that doesn't help us when you've got your your captain just yeah having two weeks in a row now where he's probably. Um, not been at his best uh, and in a period of time where we really need the boys to be fighting back and him to lead from the front. It's a bit disappointing, but we love Cripper and we know we'll find a way. Um, Kennedy uh, back in with a good night, I thought, and mm. he played a role he tagged, didn't he? Yeah, apparently I didn't realise uh, from watching the game, but it makes it makes his game even more impressive. He was on the bont and um, when I yeah. was at that same moment where I was talking about Crips, not and I'm like, oh, he is out there. My man actually said, I don't know if, if the Bont's out there at the moment either. So we're just like, oh, both our big, big midfield stars were missing. And uh, thanks to Kenny, who did a did a pretty solid job. Uh, he had his 27 really touches solid. and 16 kicks, laid six tackles. Um, yeah, didn't do himself Lovely. any any harm. He earned that uh, that spot, and he's he's kept it. Absolutely. And uh, to continue on a bit more of a positive note, I thought it was a better night from Walshie after a few weeks of us not loving Much his better. work. The, Main thing I noticed from from watching at the ground, sorry, I sound like a broken record at the ground. No, it's good. Um, but it's just a different perspective to, to television sometimes. But the bit that really stood out for me is the amount of times he got uh, open in space ahead of the ball, uh, which is something yeah. we're just not used to seeing our mids do. And, gee, it looks way more exciting uh, football mm. and dangerous to, to be out uh, forward of the pack with the ball in hand, with time to be able to deliver and hit a forward. Uh, yeah, a lot absolutely. more dangerous. Yeah, when one of the real catalysts of a, a good second half, I thought Walsh was. I think he was one of our best, and nice to see him back to having that influence. In other games, he's got a lot of it, but I felt like he hasn't been influential. But he was really influential um, on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, interesting. Chera got. What is going on here? Chera's our most infield midfielder at the moment, arguably. Well, not arguably. I think that's pretty clear. And he got. He didn't attend a bunch of centre bounces uh, and only had 20 touches. I don't think he's been attending too many centre bounces in general, but he really got stuck in the back line, not in great places, and wasn't really able to affect the game much, was he? He's normally... But was that a coaching decision to not... So you don't think he attends them generally? Because I felt like, why aren't we getting our most informed midfielder in the guts? I think he... I don't think he's been there heaps. I'd have to go back and look look through, but I got from... My impression for what I've seen is that he sort of rotates through with the odd centre bounce, uh, but often he starts yeah. on well, – he had been starting on the halfback flank a lot lately. Um, yeah. But, look, maybe he had been. Look, I'd have to go back and have a check. But, yeah, odd. Uh, maybe Kenny coming to the team pushed him out, um, yeah, which is an odd coaching move in general, though, to take your best midfield – well, your most informed midfielder out of the out of the midfield. Yeah, exactly. I think this is Vossi actually. I think said this in his presser that the word form. I feel like Cripps low on form, Blake Akers low on form, Hewitt low on form. Like we've got all these players. Like mm. again, it's contagious. Harry McKay low on form. Just we need to get these 
players finding some form in the team, finding some form and confidence. Yeah, I, I found it interesting that during the week that uh, this sort of the excuse that got rolled out was not enough players. There's been a few good – few people use the same line. It was something like there's a few guys that are playing well or have played well at times during the season but not enough people playing well together at the same time, essentially saying yeah. what you were saying. We've got a bunch of guys who just aren't playing good footy this year. Yeah, it's a worry, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we've talked about the wings pretty much. Uh, Hollands, I guess, I thought he got subbed out fourth quarter, but um, he had a really good moment in the third where he did, you know, three efforts that resulted in a goal. And little left foot He always kick. has some nice moments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, only had the 13 touches, um, but like you said, played pretty well. So he was subbed out injured, but I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything from injury-wise? No, I, I hadn't actually. Uh, just yeah. on looking at it here on the AFL app, but they're, they're pretty – uh, pretty quick to hit the injured button on the AFL app. Yeah, Often pretty they, liberal yeah, with it. <laughs> yeah, it could be like a rolled ankle or something. There, they, they, you know, or someone puts a bit of tape on their shoulder and they they mark them as injured. Um, yeah. But yeah, I wonder if that's a bit of a sign. I wonder if they're maybe uh, eyeing off a rest uh, for for Ollie. Um, you know, couple of weeks off, got the buy, and then maybe he comes back after the buy. I'm not sure, but yeah. He's did all right. Yeah, that's something we can talk about in the next quarter coaches block some changes. That might be something that they're looking at. Um, other players who weren't so bad to move to the back line, I thought Newman had a really good game. He's having a good season. I'm really liking what Newman's bringing. Yeah, I think he probably let his uh, drop, you know, lowered his colours a bit last week, but uh, back to his his form that he's been showing us on the weekend and and played a played a good game. Um, yeah, I thought he, he was he was good again down there. He's, he's pretty consistent usually. I think last week was a bit of a – he was never going to be match up well against Charlie Cameron and he was pretty looked like he was pretty frustrated yeah. with it. But, um, yeah, good one from Newey. He had lots of moments. I kept on saying, who was that? Oh, it was, it was Newman. He's having a great night. Like I just over and over felt like, oh, that's Newman again. Good night from him. Like, <laughs> like, just on the eye test, not the stats, uh, he caught my eye. Well, yeah. I thought Gov had some good moments too. What did you make of his game? Yeah, Gov wasn't bad. He wasn't able to get and mark the ball as much as we, we would like him. He's dependable down there. He had 14 touches. Um, I think he was held away from the ball a bit I, the, with the way we matched up. But yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it was he was all right. I don't think he had a, a standout game or anything like that. But yeah, he was fine. We and, sort of uh, we, sorry, go on. I was going to say we sort of seemed to. I don't know if it was just the way it played out. We sort of seemed to lack that marking defender though on the weekend, especially after we took Kemp out of the team. Just the way Kempy got dropped between yeah. Waiters, Young, and McGovern, we sort of weren't getting our, our inset marks that we normally get. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, that's interesting. Um, Youngie had a pretty good game as well, actually. Better than Wiedering, that's for sure. Yep, he's, he's proving pretty dependable, Youngie, isn't he? So we had the Young and Liam Jones Cup because uh, they've swapped. I know. Yeah. yeah so yeah, who was... do you think played better, Liam Jones or Youngie? Uh, look, Jones wasn't too bad, but I'll, t- I'll take Young over Jones. They've got Jones playing a very negative role, at the, uh, which is funny to see at the Dogs as well. He's not doing any of his crazy kicks they used to take on or uh, we used to get him to play very aggressive intercept marking where you leave his man and read the play just and leap. I just thought that's who he was and maybe it is maybe he prefers that um, but it, it goes to show how different players can perform in different environments and at the dogs he's just pretty much a lockdown punch spoil yeah. and if he wins it he just handballs it to the little running defender that goes past him and that's all he does uh, yeah interesting They've caged Jones. They're not letting him free <laughs> to do those spectacular spoils that are either spectacular or costly. We were very happy to take that risk. Um, nothing else for me from the back line. Let's talk about the forward line. Um, 
Matty Owies, I alluded to it earlier, but wow, I love Matty Owies. He beats the mm. emblem on his chest and he means it. You've got other players that grab the jumper, you know, but he he got the gub from what I saw. You tell me. It looked like to me he really got the crowd up and about when he kicked that goal on the third particularly. Um, he actually bleeds blue. It's the kind of player you love wearing the jumper. I uh, love the passion, although – it, it was probably the first, I think it was the second goal we kicked and it was five minutes into the third or something like that. And so seeing a guy thump his chest uh, after everyone I thought just, he was trying to get it, trying it, to get the crowd going. That's how I took it. it yeah, I think he well, he definitely was. It made me laugh though. I was like, really, mate? You're, you're that excited? We've kicked two goals in, in you know, in over an hour <laughs> of footy and you're getting pretty no, pumped up. No, I was here up. for it. But <laughs> he, got, he, got the, he got it moving, didn't he? He got that momentum started. Uh, three goals on well, the night. Got to do something. Yeah, he's very. Of tennis players like trying to like you know wave their hands and get the crowd to get behind them when like they're playing terribly. Like you got to do something to lift the team. Yeah, I mean, I always think our most natural looking small forwards in terms of their agility and and uh, what they sort of bring to the table with their skill sets is Durden and Motlop. Um, and always, I'm always you know he's normally one of the first. Like if you're looking at small forwards, I'm like yeah, we can drop always if we need to. But one thing he does really well is he he's. He makes himself dangerous. He puts himself in dangerous spots and if his defender drops off him or doesn't respect him or doesn't work hard enough to cover him uh, and he gets spotted up and um, he's got his kicking boots back on. When he first came into the team, he... I was about to say yeah, that. Yeah, he, he was good early and then he had that patch where we we're like, oh, and he just... He got the yips for a little while there, but he's, he's on again. And uh, what a difference yeah. it makes to have someone who can mark the ball and, and convert. He only had... Eight touches, totally. but three goals, almost half the team score, big impact. Yeah, exactly right. And that's the world of difference. When the ball was in his hands, I was, you know, far more confident than when it was with our um, big tall forwards. So very happy with his performance. What did you make of Durden and Motlop, your preferred small <laughs> squad? Uh, they're all right. Durden's got that that good goal. Uh, Motlop failed to hit the, the scoreboard and only had the two tackles. So... Probably not one of his his better games, but you know it wasn't a it wasn't an easy night for for forwards in general. Um, no. Yeah. Let's talk about Charlie then. We talked about Harry. Uh, but let's talk about them both. Um, look, I, I, there's been some commentary, Maddie. I don't know if you've seen it, and I'd be interested in your thoughts. Almost saying that I don't know if I've read it right, but possibly that Charlie Kerno maybe was a bit lazy with. Is that how you've read some of the talk this week about the leading patterns? Oh, I haven't, um, I haven't seen that. It's uh, maybe I'm not sure. I, I haven't seen any of that, uh, I'm, that media. I'm, misca- I'm not quoting it. I'm trying to characterize it, but that's not the word that's been used. But it was basically saying, um, like he's not I working hard he enough. Work hard to get in spots. I don't think anyone would fully have a knock on Kern. I don't think he could. He's having a great season. He's one of my most exciting players. But there was some. Uh, I should have got the article up because it's now a road to nowhere. But some kind of article that said. Um, awesome comments made that perhaps, you know, you need to be not just resting on your laurels and working pretty hard. He does like to sort of skunk out the back and try to get cheapy sometimes. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting, look, who knows where this is a result of his work rate, although some of the clips I saw um, about what I'm about to say shows that it wasn't because they were just trying to hit up other people. But uh, Harry was targeted eight times to Kerno's four. Interesting. Okay. And then... The problem is when Harry clunks it, I just think, oh, God, like it's just not going to go through. Like it's just disheartening. You want that full forward, that fair energy where you just know that it's sailing through. Like anyway, it's just yeah, and there a were, hard night to be a forward. It was. And there were also multiple occasions which I saw where Charlie was perhaps a 
leading or going in the direction where the ball was going to go, but um, the kicker would kick the ball to one of the other small forwards or a midfielder dropping into the space. So uh, some of the commentary I sort of saw was around is, you know, is, well, are we targeting Charlie enough? But uh, yeah. it is a tricky one. Um, just to finish up, uh, Pito, what do you make of his game with TDK being eligible next week? There's a bit of the ruck conversation continues. Um, what yeah. do you make of his efforts? I mean, you know, a huge amount of hit outs and, and rucked pretty well against English, who's probably one of the best ruckmen in the, the comp at the moment. But it's the round yeah. the round the groundwork where he's just he's not offering anything really. Um, no, eight touches, five kicks, two tackles. Uh, you know, forty eight hit outs, but he's he's really just a he's the old school just tap ruckman. Which oh God, I know yeah. it's it's always the grass is greener on the other side, isn't it? You have TDK in the team, and you're like, well, we need someone who can win the taps more consistently. And then totally now you got Pitt on the team, and you're like, well, maybe we need TDK back who can at least offer us a bit more around the ground. It's a I don't know, I'm not sure. It's a not an easy. You want someone who can do a bit of both, and yeah. unfortunately, they don't really have that combo at the moment. Yeah. What's the movie where Arnie and DeVito have a baby? Oh my God, man. I don't know. That sounds like a bloke's movie. It's like a nineties movie (laughs) or something like that. I know somehow there's like some genetic miracle and Arnold Schwarzenegger has a baby. Uh, We need Pitto and TDK. Say it again. My husband just walked in the room. He'll know. What's the movie? Uh, When Arnie Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito have a baby. Rich, what's the movie where Arnie Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito have a baby? Oh my God, it's Junior. Junior? Could be. Could be. Thank you for that cameo on the pod. <laughs> we need TDK um, and Pitto to have a junior moment and produce a little rock baby <laughs> for us. I hope that, that we really worked hard for that analogy. So Boom, what a payoff. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get to the best of the best. All right, the best and fairest votes for the Blue Pod BNF. Uh, Maddie and I get 10 votes apiece. We have to allocate all 10. Cannot give more than five to any one player. The leaderboard, which will be going up on the socials when this episode is live, um, the Blue Pod on Instagram, the Blue Pod on Twitter. The leaderboard currently, Charlie Kerno leading the way with 26 votes, followed by Cripps on 21 votes, Chera on 18, and Doherty and Akers on 13, then Saad on 10. Maddie, who got your votes this week? So only 10 votes this week, Tess, I promise you, so you don't have to double-check me. Okay, I won't count. <laughs> we record it late at night. I've got a <laughs> child. My brain is mush. <laughs> uh, I've gone three votes for Walsh and Doc, who I thought were probably uh, uh, standouts on the on the night. I thought they were they were good, yeah. especially Very especially good. Walshy. Oh, we I didn't get... talk about Doc, actually. Great point. He had a fan. All sad. I feel like. I've skipped over some great players there. Oh, they'll have their weeks later on, but yes. Yeah, carry on. Sorry, carry um, on. Two votes to Owies. Uh, you know, the three goals we talked about him before. Good night. Again, one vote to Cotters, who great first game back, and a vote for Kennedy as well. Yeah. Uh, one vote for Amazing. Kennedy, yeah. Hang on, Matt. Is that 10? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's 10. We're all good. Fair votes, not too dissimilar. Newman didn't make yours. No, I didn't have Newey in there. Oh, okay, we've differentiated slightly this week. I've given three to Walsh, so we're the same there. I gave Newman two. Yeah. I have no I problem like with it. that. It's just, you know, look, different different views. Difference of opinion. It can happen from time to time. Um, I then scattergun my five for something different for me. Kennedy, Saad, Cottrell, Owies and Doc. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we have Saad and Doc in our votes and we didn't talk about them. But they're, uh, yeah. yeah, 
not too bad. Although Saad had a few bad moments at the end. It's probably why he missed my votes where he's – well, not necessarily bad moments, but um, – Yeah. M- you know, marking a he few just, players that he, got away. But you got to risk it. And he just brings so much to the team and so much spark. So he snuck in for that point for me. Let's get to the coach's box and I'll finish the teaser I started the episode with, which is going to be a big deal. We're not here to just be part of the group. We're here to be the best. And that's what, as competitors, we'll try and strive for. Sorry, I swear I'm not right, trying yeah. to hurry you up there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably best. I have seen Bossy this week, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, no, I've heard all about it, but why don't you tell everyone else all about yeah, your little chat you had with him? Very juicy stuff. Yeah. Um, I was walking with my pram and my dog and I saw a man on a bench, earphones in, pondering, probably listening to the blue pod. I was like, he looks familiar. (laughs) And I did a double take and it was Michael Voss. Do you have a notepad out and he was listening to the coach's box segment? Oh, wow. Yeah, (laughs) I think he was. So, um, and I was so cringeworthy that I had sunglasses on. I was like, that looks like Voss. Took them off. (laughs) and had a closer look and it was bossy anyway i honestly contemplated like trying to have a chat and thought better of it um but i cut laps of the park to get my baby to sleep and he stayed in the park for a while tuning into the blue pod well whatever he was listening to quite intently for a bit and then passionately taking a phone call and what i will say from my creepy distance observation he's got quite a physical presence and a booming voice in person i don't know in the press conferences he's coming across very gentle and I guess that's how he does it but like quite a commanding presence of a man when I when I saw him and heard Mm. him talk so he was probably you're a little bit younger than me but uh if you've never gone back and looked at any of Voss's (laughs) if you ever go back and look at (laughs) Voss's highlights packages of him as a player uh yeah he was he was a presence yeah and he has that presence even when you're creeping on him at the park like I was. Like he definitely had a presence, but I actually called Matt to tell him, oh, my God, I've just walked past Wash, should I go talk to him? And I had decided if I walked past him again and we were close enough, I was going to say, hey, bossy, I'm a member, <laughs> and <laughs> just see if, it, see if it went anywhere. Anyway, I didn't, and that's a real um, beat up for nothing because we had no conversation whatsoever. And no I think scoop. it was obviously a day off from the club. I have no scoop. What should I have said to him, Maddie? That's the coach's box segment. All holes barred. What would you have said to Bossy? Are you with him? Would you? Uh, here's what I was contemplating. Do you go up and say we're with you? If you not that you should ever really go up to him when he's on a personal day, and I wouldn't have actually done it. But if you were to, are you with Vossi or would you be enraged like some of our fan base? Oh, I just been want. I just want to know. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why? <laughs> why are we playing this slow style of footy when clearly it's not like we don't have it down and. I having yeah. had time to digest the game, I'm going to sit back and go, look, I hope that we realise that the tempo of footy we're trying to play doesn't suit us and we adjust over the course of the season and, you know, it just magically comes together this, you know, unity of speed and movement and uh, oh, flair. This beautiful dance. Um, that we had to go through to get there uh, and then the silver lining will be that when we need to, we're going to be able to go into this very balanced uh, or even defensively Boring. minded. Yeah. when So, you know, when we see a team coming, we can go, oh, just play the way we used to play in, you know, 23, <laughs> the start of 23. Yeah, go play that exactly. style. Uh, so look, it's mate, okay if we kick a goal in half. Yeah. So Bolton was the over-engineered defensive game plan. Teague was the all-out attack. And now from what we've seen from Voss, who's trying to bring this sort of more – 
balanced, uh, you know, if anything, it's slightly defensive, but for the sake of this argument, we'll say balanced game style. So our players have had a taste of all three and now should be more than ready and equipped going forward to play multitude of styles. And hopefully that will hold us in good stead. But I just really hope that, like, having seen the game against West Coast and even uh, to an extent the game against Geelong um, the, and that, that spark in the doggies, we seem mm. to play our best and when we're playing more aggressive football. And, look, yes, teams may get run-ons against us. Uh, take that risk. But, yeah, I think we need to take that risk. And then just the ability maybe to identify it a bit earlier and, and just slightly alter the style. But... Um, this feast or famine that they seem to be going with where we just deny everything and nothing happens and then we just try win it in 10 minutes is just a exactly does not seem a sustainable way to go about it no it doesn't Kane Collins our favorite commentator has come out and basically said we've got the salary cap issue we've locked in these players do we have the list and there have been some articles flying around this week saying you know the pressure of expectation there was what was in the Guardian I think I wrote down the name of the article because it Hurt. Oh, yes. Carlton stuck in vicious cycle of hope, hype, and hurt. Ouch. That does hurt. Hope, hype, and hurt. But (laughs) the the crux of that and Corns' comments are, you know, it's the hope that kills you, to use Ted Lasso again. It is the hope that kills you. And it is the expectation that um, is hurting. And is this group that we've got capable of it? I think yes. I think we've got a a list that's capable. But Kane Corns is saying, well, and a few people are commenting saying, um, you know, have we been overhyped? Is the uh, sorry? I think I've got it here. I'm gonna quote from that article I just referenced, The Guardian. Maybe far too much has been expected of this Carlton team. Maybe they're too slow, sloppy, easily picked up part and reliant on Crips. Maybe there's too many talented but dumb footballers who don't lower their eyes or have situational awareness. And maybe they've been overrated all along. What do you think of that, Maddie? I'm, I'm still bullish about our list. I still think that especially the the main pieces we've got locked away, the the tall forwards, the tall backs, the mids, I think we've got the majority, especially the hard things to get. You know, there's so many teams out there who would love to have just one of Harry or Charlie just to have a decent key forward who have to make do with makeshift forward lines. Yeah. Um, Adelaide have still got Tex Walker out there in a Zimmer frame going around in the forward line because they can't find a replacement for <laughs> Give him. yourself a sound effect. <laughs> oh, I have to flip the deck. Wait a second. Tex is playing well annoyingly, better than our young forwards. Yeah. There we go. I just think that uh, I think they're there. I think there's things they could do. I, I've heard the idea thrown around of Harry up the ground, and I like it. Some of his field kicking is great. He set a few people up for good goals on the weekend. You can't – yeah. Uh, they can't let him go. Like There's some cases where a forward will push high up the ground and the defender then sags off them to you know let them go so they're still covering their back line. I don't think teams would be happy having Harry roam up on the wing taking can you know taking marks and relieving the pressure of the back line. So yeah. Maybe we just need to switch up the roles a bit. Let's get Harry up the ground. Let's get him playing predominantly between the arcs. Yeah. Um bit of contested marking. He's pretty pretty uh, quick um, and he would prove a, a, a handful and he has had a few games during the season where he's got really up the ground and taken a lot of marks but Maybe time, that's the focus. Don't worry about getting down there and kicking goals, mate. Like when your chance comes, yep, sure. Let's let's try market and, and, and convert. But that's but, a bonus. Yeah, but your your goal is going to be let's relieve the pressure on the back line. Let's be a target up through the middle or out on the wings um, to, to help us mm. transition the ball a bit faster or something. You know, just some things like that I think would be really nice to, to see. And 
Um, look, ideally, you'd have him playing how they've got him playing now as a, one of the two key tall forwards kicking multiple goals. But let's build his confidence. Let's take away the pressure of him having to kick goals all the time and, and maybe just something yeah. else. And I know that's not ideal, but look, I don't know. We've come this no, far. No, I like it. If he's, if he's deflating, it's. I think you've said it previous weeks, it's almost deflating when he misses these shots. He's too good to drop, but it's almost he gets too much of it, too many chances, and then it deflates the team. So take that away, give him a different focus for a time, and possibly his goal-kicking will follow if he can just take the heat off for a second because it's obviously between the ears the issue with the goal-kicking. Yeah, totally. Um, we've started because I got too excited by my non-existent run-in with Voss. Um, I've got us all off path. To start with the team selection, it was a selection that you, Matt, as a Matt, would approve of. <laughs> we had the the trio of Matts, Matt Oes, Matt Cottrell, Matt Kennedy in for Honey. Ed Kerner got dropped and made the sub and your boy Kempy. I thought that was rough. To yeah, I didn't think he'd done anything really wrong. Uh, I guess someone had to make way, but... Um, good game against the he Eagles. Had a couple moments, but yeah. yeah. Um, good game against the Eagles, but that was a, a bit of a gimme game. But still, stood up and, and took some good marks. And didn't think he was that yeah. bad uh, the previous week. And he's out of there, which you know, selection integrity apparently and all that. Yeah, I thought that was a bit bit rough. Uh, you want to give him a run at it too to give him some confidence. So I don't know. I thought there were others that could have been dropped before him. Um, Fish hasn't come back in. Anyway, we'll talk about next week's selection in a moment. Team stats, Maddie. Have you got those for us? Oh, yes. I feel like this is becoming more irrelevant every week, especially this season with the way we're playing. But, uh, yeah. well, we only just won the disposals um, by five. So normally we, we way out dispose the team. So, yeah, it's sort of interesting. Um, kicks and handballs, nothing much there. Uh, inside 50s, only had two more inside 50s than us. Um, I suppose efficiency was a bit down at 69% compared to the doggies, 76. Uh, mm. We were way ahead on the free kick count. They sort of came back at the end, 1915. It annoys uh, so, me when we don't make the most of them. I know. Uh, we mentioned Pitto did really well with his uh, hit outs. So we won that 53 to 38, but we lost clearances, 36, 44. Uh, sending clearances were sort of close. We lost six to eight. And then we obviously lost uh, the stoppage clearances as well, 30 to 36. So, not a, not a smashing, but uh, Stanley Baton in the in the clearance game. Um, mm. One contested possession um, had less turnovers apparently, and uh, we really? had we had less marks. We had fourteen marks inside fifty, which isn't which isn't a bad number. Didn't really it's show execution. That's yeah, didn't us. show much for goals. Um, nine contested marks and uh, fifty one tackles to their sixty four. It's probably a little bit of a discrepancy. One of the bigger discrepancies. Uh, going around. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. See, it doesn't even ever look, as you say, it's becoming irrelevant because our stats actually, like we talked about last week, maybe we're chasing the wrong ones. They often look okay. Like that's why the coaches were happy at halftime because they're looking at these stat measures and going, we don't mind this, but look at the game. We mm. do mind this. This is, I don't care what the stat sheet's saying, this is depressing football that no one's going to be, oh, God, we've got Carlton. <laughs> like how concerning. The old the old heat map uh, eye test. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's uh, red around the defensive fifty flanks. There's two red little kidneys, sort of there, which is interesting. Oh god, that yeah. tells you a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, let's just have a quick touch on the topic. Everyone's coming for it. Give me uh, a yes or no. Should Voss's job be on the line? Should he be uh, not on the line? Should there be a lot of heat? Should he be worried? Oh, well, he's getting the heat and I think he's worried, but I don't think it's justified yet. Let's give him another another yeah. month of football. We're only just outside the eight. 
if we hit the mid mark uh, of the season, having one more than we've lost and we're in the eight, I think that's fine. And you sort of try hope you build momentum towards the end of the season. One thing I think Vossi did say, and I know I rolled my eyes earlier in the pot at some of the the generic uh, phrases they like to come out, like acknowledging the the heat or the pressure. Yeah. Um, but he did say, you know, worrying about the you know the future doesn't help us tomorrow. And I think that's fair enough. And I also think that um, said that too. Yeah, and so you know, and he also said something. Voss said something like, um, I think it was Voss. There was a comment along the lines of like, I didn't realize, you know, at this stage of the season, uh, being in or out of the eight was so critical. Maybe it was another coach. I can't remember. But someone, someone made a comment. Oh, he about was that. saying in the press conference prior to the game, like, why are we defining a season by round? That's it. Yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah. You wait till the end of the season because if you had this conversation. At this point last season, it would have been give Voss 10 more years where premiership yes, bound. Sorry, and by, yeah, and by the end of the season, not so great uh, as opposed to, yeah, so look, if we can finish off strong, I think everyone will be obviously really pleased. So, yeah, I think you got to yeah, give, it, exactly. give it a season. I think so too and I feel like it's a bit unfair having this Bruce Matheson bloke, is he like a power broker coming out swinging on the front page of the Herald Sun and it doesn't help um, to have those kind of things circling. I think we've got – I like Cook in um, as the CEO. I think Sayers, although apparently he has to rotate, give up his tenure as president due to the rules, but I don't mind what he's doing. I don't mind what Voss is doing. I think the club is in a better direction this year. Yes, it's frustrating and, yes, you watch the way we're playing and the coach is the easiest person to blame because it's changing one person, not a whole team. But can we keep doing this on repeat? How long does it take for a coach to have an impact? Like, isn't there like, isn't the saying like 100 games for a coach to have a real impact? Mm. He's early into his tenure. Um, I think it'd be too, it would be throwing the baby out with the bathwater to call for his head right now. I think you've got to give him time to make that impact, stick the fat a little bit and not just keep on chucking a tantrum that we're not where we want to be and replacing the coach repeat. I just, I'm not into that right now. <laughs> no, so. no, it's such a tough situation though, because like this list is, and I know we were talking a bit about earlier, like is it hyped over 80, but I think this list is ready to at least have a crack at finals. Let's, Let's go Absolutely. low bar, let alone have premiership. Say. Have yeah. a say at finals. That's right. And that's the new learning. I think that's I why everyone's a bit, bit stressed because it's now, it's go time. Like it's not, you know, our players are young yeah. and we're building for the future. We've done that. Yeah. So I think it's time to, to make an impact and every year is precious probably for the next five years uh, and you want to make yeah, so as much as it can as you can. And people don't want Voss wasting a list. And there'll be other, you know, podcasts, other commentators, and there have been Matthew Lloyd um, on Footy Classified, I believe, said he's not sure about Voss's strategy. There's heat coming on him. And the media just gun for coaches year on year. Oh, yeah. People will disagree with us, but I'm not. Vossie, if I if you if you were listening when I saw you at the park, we're behind you for now. Uh, <laughs> we, do wanna, we do want some answers as to what you're doing. Um, Maddie, let's talk next week's team selection. Obviously, absolutely massive game against the Pies. It takes blind optimism and we have that here to think we can win it. Um, <laughs> but you, you never know against the arch rival, stranger things have happened. What better way to bounce back and launch like a new phase of the season and break the shackles than to have some revenge against Collingwood? It would be hopefully the circuit breaker. Crips denied we're in a rut today, but we are. That would be one way to get out of it. Yep. Um, so what are you thinking? Very important team selection. What changes are, are on the cards for you it's tough because i think our vfl team had a buy on the weekend um so yeah. we don't get any sort of recent form uh guys who 
uh, might be on the outer and the actual team. Obviously, Ed's been the sub. I don't think he's a great sub, but he come and had two touches of the sub. So I think that was a bit of a, yeah, a fail, no. fail whale there. Um, I'd rather Kemp. Yeah, Chincotta. Oh, no, I'd rather Kemp in the side. Chincotta had a had a pretty average game uh, after a promising yeah. few games there. So maybe he gets some leeway, but certainly uh, he was very quiet and very ordinary. Um, there's a few guys we talked about who haven't played well, but we don't think we're going to be dropping them, such as Weedering and Akers. Uh, and maybe Holland's getting subbed out makes me wonder yeah. how he's going. So if I don't know if you're asking me, maybe Ed, Chincotta and um, Hollands might be on the chopping block um, unless they throw another yep. curveball. Uh, and but- who do you think might be coming in potential for those players? Ins uh, for Chincotta, we've got Boyd. Uh, who's mm, been, been back and playing. Um, we've got Bins. Uh, it's sort of like the... Wheelie the, Bins. Wheelie Bins, who uh, has been playing really well. He's had a week off maybe to freshen up. Who's a chance? Um, Lockie O'Brien has been running around in the twos. I don't know if they want to give him a, him a run um, again through the middle. Uh, so there's, Fish. There's, uh, Fish, definitely. Yep, sorry. Fish is not a, not a bad one either to, to bring up. Um, he could definitely be a chance too. So I think there's a few there. Uh, Jack feel, Martin, is he ready to go yet or is that a while? I haven't heard. And, yeah, he's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know if we'll see. I think there's a few guys that – uh, have been struggling with injury who I'll be surprised if we see them make it. And I feel like Jack Martin's getting into that category. Definitely yeah. Cunningham, Marchbank, uh, I think yeah. a, a film we're saying that I'd be surprised if they end up uh, yeah. having much impact for us this year. And I think Martin's probably going that way as well, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because even though we had that really poor start to the half and a really disappointing game last week, it's kind of not obvious where you'd swing the – the axe and it wouldn't even be surprising if we weren't changed. I think there's possible changes as you've alluded to there that those changes might be made, but there's nothing jumping off the page at me particularly. I think it's possible that we'd be unchanged. Look, and, yeah, and even though we did lose, we hit the front, we were uh, – my mate who I was with thought we had lost. When we hit the front, he's like, oh, that's it. You, know, you guys got it from here. We had such momentum and we're playing so much, uh, you know, better footy – for that period, it looked like we we're going to get over the line. So it wasn't like it was all doom and gloom. Uh, it wasn't absolute. Yeah. It wasn't an absolute pumping. So there's uh, there's something to work with with the group that was there last week. So like you said, I don't think we need to sort of go in and do some sort of mass culling. But uh, I wouldn't. I don't. I think turning over a few players is always not the. You know, you can't always make changes. But I think we've got guys in the twos that probably deserve a bit of a run. So yeah. Yeah, we didn't even mention Dale because he doesn't have a chance no, to be no point. at this point. Let's, let's not waste the time. Um, let's not waste time. All right, let's go to the fourth quarter and open the mailbag. All right. All right. After each game, we ask for your questions. We do that on Twitter, the.bluepod, and we do it on Instagram, the blue pod. And I should say, sorry, the episode's out a bit late this week, guys. We had um, – I had a Mother's Day dinner last night when we normally record. so <laughs> And I just couldn't be bothered on the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> As a Mother's Day gift, uh, we're a little bit late this week. Um, so apologies for that, but thanks for tuning in nonetheless. So we've got a couple extra questions on the plus side of um, waiting a couple extra days, Maddie. So I like this one from Tim W. I'm going to start with it. Hypothetical. It's Sunday night and the Blues fans are in raptures because we've just pulled off a famous victory over the pies. I like the sound of that. What two or three moves or changes to our regular setup did Voss make to engineer this brilliant win? 
<laughs> I like the way he just, just sidestepped the whole doggies game. Trust Tim always throws out good questions every week. I love it. He's a great question asker. Thank you, Timmy. Um, he, uh, what would be a curly one, Tess? Two or three moves or changes to our regular setup. So you've mentioned he takes Harry up the ground. Harry went up the ground and Cripps spent 50% of his time in the forward line covering for Harry. Love it. Yep, there's a couple. <laughs> I uh, love it. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Saad, Saad threw the, on the wing. Uh, <laughs> Saad on the wing. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Um, is there anyone else that we could – Charlie Kerno spent some time in the guts. Yep, yep. In at the clerk coming up to the stoppages. Um, yep. We didn't play a ruckman. We played Sauce as the sole ruck <laughs> for the whole game. <laughs> okay, now you're getting ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh. We're living in a hypothetical land where we beat the pies, uh, but I like living in it. <laughs> Actually, you didn't even selection. Hello, TDK is eligible. You think he's not? I think he's a real chance. Yeah, oh, I think he might. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he's back. Yeah, especially against yeah, the I'm- pies who don't have, have much of a, a ruck. Yeah, sorry. I think he'll be back as well. Um, and I think we could do with something, a different look. All right. We hope you're right, Tim. We hope we're in raptures over a brilliant win. Um, and who knows if any of those moves will have come true. Uh, we've got a bit, uh, Candor says, and he's corrected his stats here, thoughts on this alarming stat, stat from Fox Footy, which shows our engine room isn't willing to work hard enough to execute the game plan. First three excused. Um, oh, Sorry. Chera, Kennedy, and Walsh excused. Statistics show Chera is ranked 52nd for impact from ball use, Kennedy at 110, Hewitt at 242, Walsh at 355, and Cripps at 360. I, I know the study's talking about. Use. I was actually I was watching that today. So they were talking about there's yeah there's this stat which is yeah impact with ball in hand, and Chera was our only midfielder in the top 100. Uh, so. What do you think? I think it just talks more about the way we we move the ball uh, and and probably some of our players' school levels. We've been saying Walsh has been average by by foot and disposal, which probably shows his ranking. And the fact that we yeah. do this very slow, sideways, contested style is not going to allow people with ball in hand to have much impact. Um, whereas if you yeah. have a bit more open field and, and a chance to actually hit someone and, and do something damaging uh, – is, is probably I think it's probably more reflective of the game style than anything else. I don't think our guys are that uh, inept at disposing of yeah. the ball. I think Cripps does have impact, but he's often just getting the ball out of a pack, and I don't know how much that would register as like an impactful. Yeah, not ball in hand. He's never been a stat. he's never been a good ball user, really. Yeah, exactly. It's an interesting one though. Tim's trading. I don't know if it's the first question from Tim's trading, but if it is, welcome. Love to have you. Why did we hit the front twice in the last quarter, crowd behind us, all the momentum, but then we faltered under pressure again? Yeah, it was, it was disappointing. Just a, we had a couple, um, I feel like they're almost just like unlucky moments where the, you know, there was that one where Saad, where the ball went to a contest on the on the flank and Saad opted to uh, roll around to the back of the contest, um, whereas his opponent, I can't remember his name, sorry, like uh, one of the little indigenous guys for the, the dogs, Artie, Artie Smith or something like that. He went to the front of the pack, which is where Crummers normally go. It's pretty standard and it just fell in his lap. And also he also had that great snap, which was a tough running shot from the pocket. Um, I think just a few things went their way. And that happens in football. And uh, if you don't have a lead and... um, If you don't play much of a first half of footy, you don't have room for weathering those comebacks. Exactly. They're they're always going to... 
and it was deflating when we had such run of play for them to get those quick goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. A kind of a comment from James Calaf. Uh, I think it's from a conversation and I'd have to trace back through the thread. Um, but he says, don't forget last year when we lost waiters, we also lost some speedy players, which led to too many goals from turnovers. Hence the change in game style. Add to that close losses has embedded the slower keepings off game style. Interesting comment. Do you think that's uh, the scars from last year have embedded the slower keepings off game style so we don't have these close losses? I've, <clears throat> yeah, I've heard uh, some talk about that moment where we lost weeders and how it impacted our game style. So there's a couple couple theories yeah. floating around it there. And one is um, like, uh, was it Tim's Traders, was it? Uh, Tim's Trading, yeah. Was just saying... Um, Oh, sorry, the, this comment's from James Clark. Sorry, James, that's it. Um, one, the run on against us, which we were keen to stop, and the second was with Weeders being out, we were nervous about our defensive ability, which led to this change in, in game style. But if that was so true, then why didn't we go back to the same way we were playing earlier in the season? Yeah. I think it's I mean, it's always a little bit of column A, column B, but I think it was also a, a bit of a case of everyone sort of cotton on to what we were initially doing under Voss and have been able to counter it too easily. Um, there's yeah, always a counter to a counter so. and, and a you know plan A, plan B, C, uh, and some are just easier to stop than others. And it looks like Voss's initial uh, go-to plans have just been too easily stopped by opposition. Exactly. It looks to me like, yeah, we've just been worked out. And I also think there is a confidence element. I don't know if we're – we've talked about it previously, but we're trying at times to go through the corridor, but we're not playing on instinct. And I think – We've talked about it before, winning breeds winning, confidence breeds confidence. I think the game style might be okay and might have a bit more flow in it, but we're just so nervous and there's a lot mm. of pressure. We're a big club. There's a lot of heat on and they feel it. That's what's happening with the goal kicking. That's why we're looking so stagnant. I don't think the game plan is to look this slow, but with the nervousness on top of it, we look completely I just think you could, they could simplify it so much. It's just like you can have priorities like, hey, we would rather go inside – down through the corridor than outside. So if you have both options, pick the the inside, the more dangerous one. But I think there's been a lot. There's a lot to be said for just saying to someone, pick the best option and pick it quickly. There's a, there was a classic moment. That's what Tim said. I think in a comment last week, should Foster's message to the players just be take the first option if it's a good one? Like, yeah, I think it should yourselves. be. I, I, but I think you can see guys thinking about it. And there's this moment where I reckon you could just see the cogs turning in Walsh's head where he marked the ball sort of on the wing. And he yeah. desperately wanted to go inside and he sort of sat, waited, looked and everyone could see that he was looking. And eventually he picked out a really difficult kick where he had to go over a doggies player and then land it on the Carlton player's head. So it had to be a bit of a lobby kick. And Ugal yeah. Hagen came flying back from the his forward line and managed to uh, yeah. create a big spoil and it was a big turnover and a goal. And I think that was just a classic moment of him going, oh, we should be going through the middle. Let me have a, you know, I want to try pick a player through the middle and then trying to yeah. force it, we're just looking up and going, I've got no options through the middle. Um, I know we don't want to go through the middle, but there's nothing there, so I'm just going to go down the line. Like it was just, yeah, I think sometimes yeah, I just. Yeah, he's got it back in his, he's in the moment, he's got it back, his decision. It's definitely in their heads, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, Dom in the Den says, what are our thoughts on Voss saying we made massive improvements and Power, who after one first goal half said a lot's going well for us. We touched on that deflating messaging, wasn't it? I thought it was poor. I don't think, as I said, I don't think anyone anyone would be happy with one goal in an hour of football is I don't care what the other team did. Um, best case scenario, you're only up by one goal at halftime. So it's, yeah, yeah it's just, I, I thought that was strange. I, 
Yeah. To it, say a lot's going well for us after that half is misreading the room at the least. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously there were some stats they liked. So sure, you know, we're winning the inside 50s and I don't know, let's just say we're winning the tail count contested possession. So yeah, okay, we got some things going our way, but clearly what was going on was not working. So to come out and say we're relatively happy, I just, I think it was probably just a poor choice of words um, or maybe they're just trying yeah. to, you know, portray an image to everyone else that, you know, it's not panic stations. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't think it went down well. No, it didn't. Sudi De Winter says, pretty worried about the future of this list. Also feeling some anxiety that a coach might not be the answer I believed he was. How would we possibly deal with the prospect of another rebuild if this group cannot get its act together in the next three years? <laughs> well, we're, we're a long way off the – even if this group's maybe not it, there's no way they're going to trade them out and start again now. You're going to ride these guys through their prime. So we've got five oh, more yeah, years absolutely. minimum of this. And, and yeah, Voss has the big question mark on him at the moment. So it will be interesting to see how he responds in the second half of the year. Uh, yeah, I – I think, yeah, we're not rebuilding anytime soon, so we've got to back in these boys. Um, is it game plan or execution? This is Mickey C. Our disposal was rubbish in the first half and goal kicking was even worse. The execution is lacking, but there's more to it, I think. What do you make of that, Manny? Uh, I think we have a very average game plan and I think our players are really struggling to execute uh, it. Whether that's what we're just talking about, like that example with Walsh I was mentioning before where they're overthinking things, which is affecting their execution perhaps, but... Uh, I think part of the reason we're, mm. we've lost four of our last five is because we're not playing a very good style of footy and our players aren't able to play decent footy either. We're not getting bailed out by Charlie kicking nine. Yeah, exactly right, Maddie. Um, to finish with some Instagram questions, the.bluepod on Instagram, that was the bluepod on Twitter previously. Um, I'll just say there's a bit of emotion and some colourful language in the Instagram inbox, so I'll pick the other <laughs> ones. I think some of these came through straight after the game. Um there's some references to mental health being <laughs> affected, I will say. Yep. Um, do we need a mind coach, Flickr asks? I think that means like, you know, a psychologist, someone to – because it is. I, I think there's a lot to be said for the mentality of the group being affected. I'd be surprised if they didn't have some sort of sports psychologist and uh, even groups like there was a lot of that talk a few years ago about leading, leading teams, I think they were called, and they essentially did that sort of uh, leadership and, and – and, uh, sports psychology element to it and in modern sports I think they'll definitely be part of it but yeah. hey look with the way our guys are going about it and they seem to be pretty fragile maybe we need to get a few more on the payroll yeah exactly crank up that resource uh we'll finish with G Panzers has all hope for making finals just gone down the drain I say no well what are we ninth we're half a win out of the eight so I don't think all hope's gone but it's looking more and more uh Challenging. Yeah, and so the teams just above us, there's a few that I think will struggle. So I'd be surprised if Adelaide can maintain the rage. Geelong have been touch and go. Though Everyone loves them and talks them up, but they've had some horrible losses. Mm. Don't think the Doggies yeah. are that good. I know they beat us, but I don't think the Doggies we are that good. We should have beat the Doggies. I was quite disappointed because I really thought we would account for them. Yeah, the Saints came out firing, but I reckon they'll be like us last year. I reckon they will, will drop off massively in hey. the second half of the season. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think there's probably four teams there you probably put question marks on and if we're good enough, we'll take one of their spots. Yeah, I think there's still hope. Um, but it all starts, it could all start. I think if we manage the miraculous win against the arch rival, <laughs> get some revenge for the pain, the horror that was inflicted on us by the Pies. Paddy was asked about it in his press conference, so the boys taking motivation from that. He said, oh, the group's moved on from it, but we love playing 
these games. BS, the group has not moved on from it. I have not moved on from it. Maintain the rage, Patty. So Collingwood are flying. I love what Collingwood are doing. I hate to say that just that's the game style that excites me. Even the way um they got one of the players' mums to deliver the Mother's Day address. I saw They're that. just doing some really fun things. They're a well coached side that just, as we talked about on last week's pod, they have the belief coming up against and they've got this fast flowing, attacking, exciting brand of football. The belief, the fast flowing coming up against the shattered confidence <laughs> nervy blues. Yep. It takes blind optimism, Maddie, to predict a win. <laughs> Will it you does. do it? <laughs> You'd have to be a fool. And we've got them by a point, Tessa. I'm telling you yeah, right here, right good. now. <laughs> Maddie's Without a doubt, uh, a point yeah. after the siren for the victory. Yeah, goal on the siren. Who's kicking it? <laughs> Doc from 55. Love it. That's how we're going to end it. And if we do, um, I'll be popping champagne on next week's pod. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode, Blue Crew. Hit subscribe if you like what you hear and we'll pop up in your inbox each time we release an episode. And give us a follow, the.bluepod on Instagram, the blue pod on Twitter. We'll see you next week. Go Blues. Oh,